Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. I feel like I just tried to do the ending at the beginning, you know, like when my brain completely farts and I can't think of anything. I literally just looked at you and I was like, I'm trying to think of a way to start. I don't don't know. It's been a long day. (laughs) (laughs) It's raining. I feel waterlogged. You've been cleaning your face for like two days. Yeah. Okay. So turns out I have a little leak in my basement, which is like, you know, Which is a big leak when it rains for five days Well, yeah, it's been raining a lot in Nashville. So my basement pretty much flooded uh, over the week, which... You know, it's just one of those things. One it's those just, things. I'm grateful that I have a house and a roof yeah. over my head. I've really been trying to like focus on the positives of life lately. And that it's like, it, you can get really worked up about the stuff that's happening or you can just be like, okay, here's what's happening. And so what do I need to do? And that's sort of what happened. You hooked me up with this guy who came over and like vacuumed it out for me. But I did try to do it myself <laughs> first. I wish I could have seen you working that mop. Oh, my God. I've worked the mop. Like, I actually was kind of stressed that day, too. And it was a little bit therapeutic to just try to, like, shovel water. At first, it was, like, really annoying. But I didn't really get very far because no. there was too much. pouring. It probably was coming in faster than you were getting rid of it, too. That's exactly right. And so what happens, though, is um, whenever they get – this has happened one other time, but when water gets in my basement, the breaker shuts off. And so the lights in my kitchen, my laundry room – my TV and my internet were out. Oh like, it was just one of those things that I was like, oh, my God. I, you just don't think about how simple things like lights, like, we just take it for granted. Right. Get out the candles. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But it was fine. And now it's fixed. And I'm very grateful. And it's still raining in Nashville. <laughs> it's still raining. All right, it's like we're, like, under flood warning downtown. It's Are crazy. you serious? Yeah. Wow. I uh, know it's happening all over the country. The weather is weird. It's wild. It's, I feel like I wake up every morning and I'm like, is it going to be hot or cold today? Hot or cold. Everyone's always sick. It's just, yeah, it is what it is. But let's focus on something more positive. Yeah. Um, 
while last weekend we went to the beach, a friend of ours sold her beach house. And so we said goodbye. It was the last hoorah down there. And while we were down there, we mm-hmm. set up a little profile on OkCupid for Chip. So tell I mean, us everything. Well, first of all, I felt like it took the whole trip to set it up because it, it was is so expensive. detailed. Yeah. Like it, you can answer over 500 questions. And I thought she was like exaggerating when she said it. Well, let's go back. And if you haven't listened to the episode with Melissa Hobley, she is the CMO of OkCupid. Mm-hmm. And she was super helpful. She came on the, the podcast and told Chip and I, just all of the ins and outs of dating apps, like how to work with the algorithm, how to set up your profile, because as much as you might want to fight it, like this is the the day and age that we live in where dating apps are where you're going to meet people. I'm not dating right now, but Chip is kind of opening up to the idea. And I think ready to maybe, is that my speaking correctly? Look, I mean, I think the whole time, I mean, I've been, I've been open to it forever. I think I've just been going about it the wrong way. And what do you mean by that? I think I was more looking for like instant satisfaction and not, and I don't mean just like looking to get laid. Like I think I was just looking in the wrong places. Okay. Um, because I think most of the people where I was looking were just looking to get laid and look, everybody wants to get laid, but like, that's not all I'm looking for. Right. And there, I was just really intrigued when we talked to her because this seemed like it was really different from the places that I'd been using before. Okay, Cupid. Yeah. Um, so, you know, she offered to let us try it for free. So I was in, um, and what's interesting about it is, I mean, you can literally answer over 500 questions. I'm at, it tells you how many I've, I've answered 264 questions, which took at least an hour. One yeah. Day you have we to put thought here. into them because it's like, you know, like there's different ways that the, the answers, and then you have to say how you would like your significant, uh, the people that you're looking for what the answer that you want out of them. Mm-hmm. And then it goes through and it tells you like the things that you, um, it, it lists basically um, people that you match with and it gives you a percentage based on your answers um, of like what your match is. And it will show you like you agreed on 67 things, you disagreed on a hundred things. And then there's a, like a mystery thing mm-hmm. where um, when you're going through the survey, you can mark like, I'll answer that, you know, we'll answer that privately. So it's something that it's, can cause banter or whatever um a lot some people like answer all of them privately which i just think are a lot of them privately which i think is weird like i would much rather know some yeah. more shit up front yeah um so but so you're active i'm active i'm still kind of figuring it out like what something that i learned too late is um that just liking someone if they don't have if they don't have the premium they're not seeing that you liked them and i went through and was liking people before i realized that so are you gonna have to message them yes and i can't and and i messaged melissa because something's a little confusing like for people that once i caught on if there was someone that i thought was really cute i would not just like him i would message him but i can't find those messages so it's i can't i think i have to wait until he responds to be able to communicate okay which kind of sucks because i'm like Maybe I should have been a little bit more clever, or maybe mm. I could follow up with something. That first or, message, the pressure. I know it's just like now they're gone. <laughs> like they're not going to fall back into my algorithm because I've already responded. Yeah. So I've shot my shot. Oh my gosh! Even yeah. hearing about it stresses me. I out. know, but it's also like 
We'll see. Yeah. You know? I mean, good it's for you. Something different. Yeah. So I will keep, I want to have some more updates as this goes along. But I do think when we were spending time filling out your questions, I was understanding what she was talking about, about OkCupid. Um, she was saying that there's so many like political questions that you answer are real life questions about things that you truly value versus just the surface stuff that you might find on other apps, which I do think is really beneficial, especially at our age. We're like not really that interested in wasting time with someone who's just Who doesn't not believe be in compatible. climate change or something that's like yeah. really important to you. It also like, I mean, in terms of sexuality, mm-hmm. it, like the range, I learned words like, um, shit. Now I'm going to forget them. Um, <laughs> there was a header on um i learned so much i, I, can't, remember. I can't remember it now um so that's <laughs> anticlimactic but um just the spectrum because like for example bisexual is like should infer that you like men and women equally oh yeah um and then there's a, a hetero and a homo i can't remember what the the other half is but it's like you're homosexual but you would have sex with a woman on occasion or you're heterosexual but you would have sex with mm-hmm. a man on occasion mm-hmm. so um but it's not quite right down the middle where bisexuality is. Got it. Um, anyway, so I, just yeah, I, I just think it's like they've put a lot of thought into mm-hmm. making this mm-hmm. um, as targeted as possible in your search. Which would um, be great. Which is really interesting because yeah. a lot of the other ones, it, it was just geolocation was all that mattered. Yeah. Who's the closest to you? Right. Which is just like the yeah, most I'm pointless thing. people in London and like. If I like what they're saying, I'm I'm writing them messages. I love that because I think, yeah, first of all, you have lived in Nashville for a while, but like you're not from here. You lived in L.A. and New York. And yeah. so maybe you're not going to find exactly your guy in Nashville. But like this opens you up to finding someone who's truly compatible right. for you and your life. Right. And I just think that's really great. Yeah. Super exciting. Can't wait for the details to come. I mean, hopefully I meet somebody because otherwise we're going to get married. What? Oh, me and you? Yeah, I know. At this point. <laughs> God. I mean, that wouldn't be so bad. Well, this week is listener email week, and um, we have a lot from you guys, actually. But one of the feedbacks, that, or some of it's feedback from stuff that's happened. This is the last podcast of the month of love. Can you believe oh it? Oh, my God. It's been a lot. We've had some really great guests this month. I really loved our conversation with Melissa. Mm-hmm. I had a couple really great conversations with some therapists about the whys and the whys we do what we do in dating the way to find what you truly value, what your core values are, and the way to date in a healthy way. Um, I had a lady on last week to talk about that. Just so many great things. So if you guys haven't listened to the podcast for the month of love, go check them out. There's a lot of good info in there about dating, relationships, um, finding your true self and your true partner that you really want in your life and compatible with and all of the things. So this this message to start comes from Holly and she said, love, love the dating app podcast. The last time I dated, I was 20, was 20 plus years ago. I'm not ready to jump into the dating app vortex yet. Back when I met my husband, these apps didn't exist and it scares the hell out of me. So it was good info for when I'm finally ready. To me, I felt like I can't meet someone organically. I don't want to do it, but realistically, I need to be open to the dating app situation. This is totally how I feel. You know how before my last relationship, I was like so anti-dating apps, like I will never do it. Um, but the reality is, is like, I don't know where else I would meet people now because I don't really go out very well, yeah, much. If you're not going to bars and not drinking. Like. No. And like, I mean, if I do go out, I want to talk to my friends. Like right. I'm not actually trying to meet people going somewhere. So I guess the only ways you would meet people are to be hooked up by your friends, which we just like know each other a lot. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Know. There's plenty of random places. You can meet somebody on the airplane. Yeah, you can meet true. somebody at the mall. Like, but 
you can have a little bit more control over this now or because it's in act- your hand. You can be watching a television show and sure. meet somebody. Or just if you're really interested in actively pursuing dating. Right. I do think that that's a really good route. But for people like Holly or me, it's kind of intimidating because yeah. you've never done it. I think it's intimidating for everyone to start with. Well, I mean, first of all, you have to write about yourself, which is never fun. Not easy. Uh, because, it's look, I can I could write about myself all the time if I thought nobody was going to read it. But you're, mm-hmm. you're writing in the hopes that it's going to attract somebody. Mm-hmm. So, which is always awkward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just pulled Kelly just did me. She I just, just pulled, pulled a you. Well, honestly, that was why we sort of helped you this weekend. Our friend Mary is really good at writing these kind of things. And so she really helps you kind of bullet point the main things about you that we notice that you might not even think as like think of as these great qualities. And that's one of the tips Melissa gave is to really have your friends be very hands on in the process of getting you started and even like who you pick on these apps and just helping you along in the process because they might see something a little differently or more objectively right. than you do. It's hard well, there to There were see moments yourself. where I was like, uh, how do I, I'm going to answer it this way. And she would be like, no, that's, that's not, not how you for feel. You. Yeah. Right. She would be like, no, that's not what you think. And I'd be like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Because it is, it's like, it's such a mind fuck because mm-hmm. in one way you're saying what you want people to think. Mm-hmm. Vers- it's, it's really tempting to say like, to try and portray yourself in the way that you want to be seen versus the way that you are. Wait, say that again. It's like, it's a, it's a really easy trap to like, be like, this is what I want people to think about me versus actually reflecting about who you are and being honest. Which the whole point would be to be really honest because you're going to get yourself in a pickle later down the line. And and it was not like, I never felt like I was lying. It was just like, I wasn't looking at it through the right lens sometimes. And she would be like, I'm try- I wish I could think of an exact example, but there were so many questions. Um, and some of them is f- even felt like there was one who was like, is pizza one of your top five favorite foods? And we were like, why? That's such a random, random question. But if it is your top five favorite food and that's important to somebody, then it is an important question. For me, it was like the answer is no, so it doesn't matter. It's but also I'm not going to not date someone if they love pizza. Totally. But it's a cute thing to know about someone maybe if you're planning a date right. later. I mean, they, totally, all these yeah. things can come into yeah. play. Um, I just like that they were so detailed. Yeah. So. It, was, it was actually really fun. It just took forever. <laughs> yeah. I do understand what Holly is saying about being intimidated. And I just say you just got to bite the bullet and do it and get some support where you can. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just know it's, it's uh, to be honest, it's really no different. You know, I, I w- if I were Holly, I would probably just be more nervous about dating in general. Mm. Um, like, look, you're still going to get your, you're still going to get your feelings hurt. You're still going to get rejected. All of those things are going to happen. But I can tell you one thing, the rejection stings a whole lot more when it's just someone blocking you or not talking, you know, not responding because it, they're, they're two dimensional. Wait, it stings a lot more. No, it stings less. It stings less. Yeah, it stings less. So actually this, um, girl that I had on, her name is Leah. She was, she's a therapist or she's your modern therapist on Instagram. If you guys follow her, she's got a great Instagram profile and mostly about dating. And she said, um, when you're dating, the one thing to keep very high in your mind is that most of the time, whatever is going on, if you're rejected with, with, from someone is about them. And like, we actually have no idea what is playing into why they made that decision. If they ghost you or if they do whatever. And so really, really, really to try really hard to not take it personal, which is the hardest thing. I mean, that's like so easy. Because dating is the most personal thing Uh, you can do. Right. And I mean, I could sit here and be like, Oh chip, you know, fuck that guy, whatever. But it's like when it's happening to me, it feels like the end of the world. Right. Right. Um, 
And th- that's exactly why, like, I know I'm not ready to put myself out there right now because I could not handle that yet. Like, you know, when you go through a breakup and you're still in this like emotional kind of broken down place, like I'm just finding my own self again. So I feel like you have to kind of work through whatever it is you're going through or if you're going through a breakup, like I know I have to work through my pain before I can actually feel confident enough in myself to put myself back out there. Right. And you may even find when you finally think that you're ready that you're actually not. Yeah. You know, like at a certain point, you're going to have to just make a call. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the indicators are like. I'm, you're going to wake up, stretch one day and be like, I'm I'm ready ready. to date. I do feel like. Because I think a lot of the pain you will carry with you, like as stuff that you've learned into your next relationship. For sure. Like, I think, I don't think it just like snaps and goes away. And I do think that is a part of your life forever in some capacity. And I think that there is a place that you know within yourself that you, like I just don't even have anything to give right now. Like I'm too in my own head and in my own shit and just grieving or, you know, like my days are still up and down a little bit. And like, I just don't feel like I would have anything to offer anyone else. So it's, that would be really selfish of me. Yeah. Look, I also think it's really important to mention that like, the world and the media and everything around us feeds us that we have like that yeah. being like, single is a, a bad thing. You can being single is fucking awesome. It's also if you're like, choosing to be and you want to be yes. like you should be. Like why do we? This is the same thing I feel about drinking. Like the norm is just like over drinking and like why? That's fine. I'm not trying to judge people. It's just also like why have we normalized this one side and we don't ever talk about hey like it's okay not to drink too. Right. And so it's like the same thing with dating. Why do we put so much pressure to be in a relationship, especially for women and especially by a certain age? Um, And if you're not, then your life isn't complete or good or whatever. And like, I want to be single right now. Like I have a really fucking full life. Right. You know, I'm, I'm happy with my life. Yeah. Um, But I also like, I want to share my life. Of course. And I, you know, it's like, I haven't, I've look, I've dated my whole life, but I haven't had that many like long-term serious relationships. And mm-hmm. it's, I feel like some of the scars that like you talk about that you've picked up along the way, like I need some of that, like just to help me build a stronger armor in life, mm. you know, because I do think that there are um, things that you dodge by not dating too, like picking yourself up and like, you know, it's, some of these, some of the lessons that you learn from dating apply to other things in your life of too. Course. You know, in the same way that like getting fired from a job can teach you things that go well, well beyond mm-hmm. like how to stay in a job. Mm-hmm. So, man, I've had so many lessons. Wish I could share some with you. <laughs> <laughs> That's for another month. <laughs> All right, let's get into some of these questions. Let's start off with some of the easier ones, just right. to, like ease in, you know, test the tip. You know, don't fight it. Let That's it happen. Tip. I don't know. I don't. I honestly don't know what I'm saying at all today. Am I here? Like You're what? here. You are here. Uh, okay. This one comes from Rory. She said, "How do you handle it when you're going to a work social event without a plus one?" Um, I mean, to be honest, those are the ones that I kind of feel a little more comfortable going by myself because I know that I'm going to know people. You know other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For me, it's like. If someone said, hey, meet me at this party, I would be like, oh, God, I don't want to fucking go by like myself. If you don't like if know I didn't know a ton else. of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if I had to arrive by my, it'd be one thing if my friend was like, hey, come to this party with me. But like, mm-hmm. they were like, meet me at a party. 
I would. Mm. That's when. But I'm you would still know they were there. I know, but still, like you, you, you're no, you're gonna know one person. Yeah. Um. I think it just for me, all I hear is exactly what we just said. Like it's okay to be by yourself, and we yeah. need to start normalizing that idea and just feeling good in your own skin. Doesn't mean you're not gonna feel a little anxious, but that's okay too. Like it's sort of like Glennon Doyle always says, we can do hard things. Like you can do it. Yeah, I also think too if like you walk into those situations with confidence, it might be the night that you meet the person that you're supposed to be with. Yeah, you never know. And you they might be see you because out. you walk in with your shoulders held back and your mm-hmm. head held high. So, And also just like staying curious. Like you walk into a party. Sure, it may suck. It may be awkward if you're by yourself. You can always leave. Like yeah. that's an option. But also just being like, okay, well, who, what's going to happen tonight? Like who am I going to meet? Or... Um, what kind of conversations am I going to have? Even if it's just to meet someone and be friends, like it doesn't have to be about dating, but it's just like, what, what's in store and how do I be present in this situation? Like, that's something I've been trying to say to myself too. Every day is like, I'm going to work and I'm like, you know what, what's work going to bring today? Let's see what happens. Like, it's just, you just don't know. And the more you stay curious, the more I do think you put out that energy of just being open to whatever. And you really do find more joy in life. Or that's been my experience. If you know anything about me, you know I am a massive creature of comfort. It is one of my top priorities in life to make my surroundings comfortable at all times. So when I found Cozy Earth, I quickly scooped up all of the luxurious bedding and loungewear that I could. It felt very on brand for me, but then I went on a trip with a girlfriend not too long ago where she could not stop commenting on how cute and comfy my pajamas were, which then made me realize they may also be my new favorite travel companion as well. Guys, I am not kidding when I say you will experience unmatched softness and smoothness with all of Cozy Earth's products. The temperature regulating bamboo joggers and pullover crew add comfort and a touch of style to any travel ensemble, and their bedding comes in the most adorable totes, making it a super easy gift to give anyone. Discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code Velvet's Edge at the checkout for an exclusive 35% off and let them know we sent you when you're at the checkout. Bean Dad, The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. 
A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, this is funny. You read this question and you're like, I love when people send you questions, but answer it. <laughs> this girl said, do you believe opposites attract after dating? I would say no. <laughs> do they attract? Sure. Can it work always? Mm, I don't know. I mean, I think you can either be really, um, complimentary in your oppositeness. Like it can help the relationship thrive if you both bring and accept and, um, appreciate the other person's like what they're bringing to the table or it can really be like a a thing that you butt heads against and it's just not gonna work right yeah i mean it's i I think this is like a conundrum that i deal with because i feel like i'm often looking for someone that's exactly like me and like especially like when i'm i don't think that's what i want but i think when i'm like reading profiles and stuff like on online dating like it's there's a comfort in being like oh we have the same exact interests we're gonna want to do everything together Mm -hmm. and i do think it's really important that there are two unique people that arrive and form a relationship um whether that means they're polar opposites i don't think that's necessary i do think it can work um but i do i think you're right i think there has to be a curiosity and and an acceptance to what makes you different Um, because i do think it's important to like learn from your partner right um but it certainly makes it easier when, like, you want to do all the same things off, out of the gate. But I think that would get really boring. Well, you're also talking about likes. And I, I think having similar interests can be really important. Or even if it's, like, similar. Like, we have a, a friend who's getting married soon. And they love to go, like, they're both foodies. Or, so, right, you know, like, stuff, right. stuff like that I think can be really helpful to have similar interest because it gives you things to do together. I more so started thinking about um, what you can bring to the table, like in a skill set. And I think that opposite things can sometimes be complimentary. But the big thing of that is literally having to look at the other person's things that are opposite of you and being like, oh my God, I'm so glad that you're you're really organized because I am such a mess and I'm and accepting the help there versus being like, Oh, this is so annoying. And yeah, some people are talking when someone's talkative and the other person doesn't talk much. And it's like, you put two people in the room. Yeah. It probably works better. (laughs) So I do think that there are, yeah, I think that's a great example. Mm -hmm. Um, and you were sort of getting to the core of the person and I was thinking more superficially. Sorry. Well, isn't that just so us? <laughs> That's so us. <laughs> I'm always like, let's take this deeper. Yes. Um, okay. I'm going through dating burnout. I'm so over the surface level stuff, but I'm still looking for a partner. What do you think she should do? Well, sign up for OK Cupid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's this burnt out. I know, but she's she's burnt out on the the surface level stuff. Oh yeah, Maybe which it's is time tough to dive because deeper. that's what you have in the beginning. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think that. Um, it sounds like you need to have more conversations and like deeper discussions with people maybe before you go out with them. 
Mm. Do you, you, know, you feel like, like she's maybe burnt out because it's staying too surface and she's looking from real connection? Yes. Yeah. She could just be striking out. Yeah. I mean, it could just be a bad picker. Yeah. Oh, right. Which, you know, I relate. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you do feel like it's something deeper for you and maybe you're just continuously picking the same type of person, first of all, listen to the podcast this month because there's a lot of different episodes that talk about that kind of stuff. Um, but maybe you just take a break too and maybe recenter with yourself. And the last podcast that I've mentioned a couple of times with your modern therapist talks about like really writing down what are your core values? What are your non-negotiables? Like get back in touch with yourself and really get clear with yourself on what you're looking for, what your purpose is, if you what kind of relationship you want. And that might give you a little more like pep into dating again because you'll have a direction. And sometimes for me, if I'm walking around without direction, it does just get exhausting because you're just like, let me try this route. Oh, that didn't work. Let me try that. Uh, it's just exhausting. Well, it's like the burnout's go- real. It's like going shopping without knowing what you're looking for. Yeah. It's, you know? it's like, tiring a lot of times. Yeah, it's like you go there and then it's overwhelming because mm-hmm. everything is either like something you want mm-hmm. or something you don't want. And there's no definition to it. Yeah. Um. I Yeah. I feel like... I think that's something that I personally suffer from too. Like I think I that's a lesson that I could work on. Like to sit down and really think about like, okay, what are the qualities of somebody that you want? Mm-hmm. Because cute is not enough. Yeah. You know what I said on the podcast that I thought was so fascinating? Like I feel like you'll laugh at this because you'll be like, of course you want this. I literally just realized how important it is for me to have a partner who is on their own spiritual journey. Of course. But like, of course I would, yeah. right? Like that is literally probably one of the number one qualities of my life that I value the most, like that I spend the most. I mean, you were making jokes all weekend at the beach. You were like, are you centered? Cause I would go like <laughs> meditate or like have a quiet time or be reading a book. Like I'm constantly wanting to learn and grow about this kind of stuff. I find it so fascinating. It's like, it is centering for me. It's the way I get back in my body and, um, it's kind of the way I can get through my day right yeah. now, you know, is to do all this extra, like put extra effort into this kind of stuff. And do I operate like that all the time to that capacity? No. Like I need a little extra loving right now there, but in my life, it's a pretty consistent theme. And so to think about the fact that like, I wouldn't have even recognized that as a, a value or something that was like a non-negotiable for me that like if my partner wasn't a person on a spiritual journey like that's never gonna fucking work for me ever why did I not know that yeah it's hard to see eye to eye yeah because it's also like I value something so much that I'm gonna spend so much energy on it and then when I don't like I'm not being myself right and so then if I try to go along with something else or like not pay attention to that I'm left with this like hole inside do you know what I'm saying yeah. and it just ends up being this version of myself that I hate well yeah because then you're not arriving at the relationship as yourself exactly so anyway it's just interesting but I didn't realize that and we were having that conversation on the podcast and I'm like exactly that's exactly why you need to have that list or sit down and spend the time with yourself before you get into dating and before you're like looking for this partner because otherwise you're just looking for what we don't know yeah i mean i think maybe the um the pitfall that people make is they think it's so much easier to be like okay this is what i'm looking for in a person Mm. versus being like this is what i want if that makes any sense like you know you're like 
I want someone who's tall. I want someone who's got a job. I sure. want someone who loves their mom. I want, like things about the person versus being like, this is what is important about myself mm-hmm. that I need to find a match. Um, someone that matches that satisfies these things about me. I think that is so important. One, because what you just mentioned about like the being tall, though, I said a lot of that too. And like, you know, obviously we want to be attracted to our partners, but all of that is surface and it goes away. It doesn't matter how hot somebody is. Eventually, if you're not compatible, the hotness wears off and it doesn't work. Um, Then also, whatever I'm drinking is making me really burpy. (laughs) (laughs) It's a hoppy refresher. (laughs) Non-alcoholic, hoppy. But... I lost my train of thought now. We were talking oh, about the Oh, oh, oh. You mentioned yeah. the thing about like they have a good relationship with their mom and all of those things are important. I really don't remember my point. Fuck. <laughs> the burp. The burp. It really gotcha. got me. It must have been that. It must not have been that important. It'll come back to me, but dating, surface level things. Oh, everyone's got shit. That's what I was going to yeah. say. Everyone has shit. And so, um, to me, what I'm realizing is like, I'm not going to meet someone who doesn't have shit, but I want to meet someone who has done and is still doing their work around it. Right. And that's important to them. And can accept that you have shit. Yeah. yeah. Well, obviously. <laughs> I mean, everyone but you has shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I talk about my shit way too much on here. Everyone knows all my shit. <laughs> okay. Uh, this next question comes from Summer. Oh, no. This isn't a question. She says, not a question, but thank you for being real and making the rest of us realize we aren't alone in our thoughts. See, I told yeah. you. Everyone knows my shit. There you go. <laughs> um, where is the best place to find love, Chip? In yourself. Oh, I like that answer. I mean, I think it's the only place that you can really find it. True love. Yeah. Unconditional. Yeah. And family. I mean, it's like, and but friends. even that can be, yeah, and friends. Like, I, I'm that, I mean, I kind of, that's kind of a negative answer. Um, but I do think like the easiest way to find love in a partner is to find love internally. I would agree with you. I think the most important relationship is always our relationship with ourselves. Yeah. In the times where I have felt like my relationships thrive, my friendships, my work relationships, any of it are the times. when you're failing yourself. Yeah. Yeah. When I'm really connected to myself and being true to myself. And look, it's a lot easier said than done. Of course. It is like, I think, I think it's where ourselves is probably the hardest person to love. Like I know personally, I can, I'm like, I am a giver. Like mm-hmm. I will put Me myself too. second all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it's, and I also, I'm the first one to like fucking talk shit about myself mm-hmm. or have negative thoughts about myself. Mm-hmm. So um, it's a lot easier said than done. But I do think that, yeah, when you're able to love yourself, you're, you're, you're going to be much more um, equipped to show up and find love and love anyone else yeah, and love anyone else. Mm hmm. Um, Brennan says, how do you stop bringing negative old habits into your current relationship? Mm. Go to therapy. <laughs> that <laughs> Therapy doesn't cure all that. I mean, it is a stepping stone. And I think the more we know about ourselves and we are more, um, self-aware, the better we can do with our old patterns and habits. And, you know, and just like, just the awareness in general, I think is like the first step to anything. Right. So if you can like go into your relationship and have awareness of some of your own defects of character, then great. That's a good starting point. Also, like accepting criticism and knowing that like if you're in a relationship, 
maybe something happens and like either uh, accepting it and then like making amends where needed and then trying to, you know, make different decisions next time. I think that's the best we can yeah. do. I also think it's important to sort of color outside the line sometimes. Like, okay. I think um, a lot of times bad habits come along with dating the same person over and over. Like the again. same type of, yeah. Same type of person. For so sure. it's like, I think if you can surprise yourself and do something a little different, mm-hmm. then maybe some of your bad habits will go to the wayside too. Mm. Why are you looking at me when you say I that? I don't know. Cause I'm talking <laughs> to you. I'm, just kidding. <laughs> we're I'm not talking podcast. about you, but I we're having like a conversation. I felt like very directed yeah. at me. Like, I'm just kidding. I'm, that would be really bad at taking criticism. <laughs> she needs to go get centered. After that <laughs> <one>. <laughs> Holly said, do you think there's a link between how a guy treats his mother and how he treats his significant other? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Jesus. This is such a loaded one for me. <laughs> um, let me think of how I want to answer this. I, have been told that yes there is a link and I've I've been told that there's research around if a guy has a bad relationship or treats his mother badly they will treat you the same way um I don't know I don't know the answer I'm not a scientist so I think you can find a lot of information about that and I do think that if any of us have unhealed relationships with any parent your dad or your mom we bring it into our relationships so I just think it's important again, for us to be self-aware and do our work. Yeah, that I, I agree. I mean, it's I don't think there's a hard and fast like yes or no to that because mm-hmm. everyone's an individual. Mm-hmm. But I would be inclined to guess that a dude that's got a great relationship with his mother is going to make a better partner than a guy that does not have a good relationship with his mother. Unless his mother is an absolute piece of shit. And he has had to like draw that boundary and like push her out of his life. But if you just draw a boundary and push her out of a life, that doesn't actually solve the anger and the, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's why I think it is important for all of us to kind of like look at what those relationships, uh, the relationship with your parents are so influential on all of your life. I mean, it just is. Yeah. Um, And even if you have a parent you don't like or who is, is absent, it affects you and it's the most painful thing to go through. But also I've noticed that men with sisters seem to be a lot more sensitive and um, kind of like, I don't want to say loving because I think that this, that's a generalization, but like they're just a little more sensitive and understanding to females in general. And that that's something that's interesting to me Yeah. versus like if you just had brothers or whatever, cause you're just kind of like, you're completely Ugh. unaware. Yeah. You just don't get well, it. Growing up. I had a sister who was almost, she was just about two years older than me. So mm-hmm. it was like, um, you know, as kids we were best friends and then right. you hit that age where you're like in middle school and we were two grades apart. So it was like when in Virginia you go, it goes, um, fourth, fifth, fifth, sixth, middle school, seventh and eighth, and then high school is nine through 12. So when she went to middle school, I wasn't in the school with her. Mm. And then, um, she did eighth grade and then ninth grade and I went into middle school. So mm-hmm. we had three years where we weren't in the same school. Mm-hmm. And so then when I went into high school, she was like, bitch, this is my territory now. Oh, Cause no. we were also of that age where it was like, she didn't want to be friends with her little brother anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, she was a high schooler with her driver's license. And but I we were in a small town, so it was like I had to like learn how to deal with a hormonal older sister who was mean to me that I still loved. Like she was my big sister, um, and now it's like it all when all the bullshit goes away, you come full circle, and it's like that's my sister, and I would do sure. anything to protect her. But um, 
But you yeah. even knew about hormones and tampons yeah. and all, all the things. The things. All the things. Yeah. yeah. I think it's just it's just interesting to observe men who have had females in their life yeah. like that or have had an active relationship like yeah. that. And there were look, there were definitely times where I wish I could have beat the shit out of her, <laughs> but of I had to course. remember like you can't beat up your sister. <laughs> <laughs> That's but a she beat my thing. ass sometimes too. So. <laughs> um, this one's funny. What movies reflect your current love life and your ideal love life? <laughs> oh, Tell God. them what you said earlier. First, I said reality bites <laughs> or singles. Actually, singles. I don't have an answer. I don't have a love life right now. <laughs> right. I'm like, can't buy me love. Maybe these all feel really depressing. I know. Skip pass. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Next question. Um, how do you attract the woman you want, not the woman who wants you? Huh? What? <laughs> what, Rob? What do you mean, Rob? I mean, he must be if if he's just attracting women that want him. I mean, this is I, I hope I'm not like judging Rob. I don't mean this judgingly, but maybe he's putting himself out there in the wrong way. And it's like he's got a flashy car and like people are seeing a mirage mm-hmm. and he wants people to see him. I don't know. Like I do think that like um, people are guilty of um, attracting people in the wrong way by like being flashy or what. I don't know. Oh, like, you're saying like, you know, basically operating from a persona's sake. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. It's like I'm, I'm generalizing, but when I think about like, <laughs> women that get these big huge fake tits there's yeah. like a certain type of guy that's attracted to that oh and they're like look at me on the inside and you're right like, but they're you, like we, all you yeah. want are my tits and it's like well what'd you think why'd you buy them yeah <laughs> what did you think so yeah i mean that's so maybe that's one. what's yeah. happening to him like maybe he's just like the way that he's presenting himself okay. is attracting the wrong type of woman where you know maybe he needs to go meet women in other places i think that's a good yeah i actually don't understand the question at all so rob if you're listening send it to me in another way because i don't i'll answer when i fully understand what you're asking i think i don't really feel equipped to answer that okay so good answer for me um (laughs) when is it okay to let go of a friendship you still love them they don't but they don't give you what they don't give what you give Oof. One-sided relationships are really... I think it's fine to do that any fucking day of the week. I think that goes for all relationships in general. But if you're the only one giving... I mean, I, I mean, I obviously have had a very public situation like this. But that was a situation that, um, yeah, it, 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 it doesn't work when it's just one side showing up or doing the work or doing the thing or making any sort of like attempts at that stuff and it's always going to blow up in my experience. Yeah. And so you kind of got to take care of yourself. And if it's not working for you or you're the only, you're feeling like it's not reciprocated, like what you're giving is not reciprocated. Um, I don't think it's a good relationship for you. I do think you could try to talk to the person before you just I like do think peace there's out. Yes. Yeah. And so if that, if that's the case, like try to sit down with them and then if it doesn't go anywhere, I mean, it's okay to let go. It's just, it's painful. Like losing a friend is like losing any sort of relationship. Yeah. But I do think it's, if you've gotten to the point where you feel like the friendship is already lost mm-hmm. and you're holding on to the idea of a friendship, mm-hmm. um, then it's probably time to let that bird sail, you know? like Yeah. Or maybe you've just like grown apart yeah, over grown, time. I mean, it's. Everything can come in seasons. That's yeah. okay. They were here I feel for like a I purpose. I read somewhere in research that like. The average lifespan of a friendship is five years. Oh, really? Yeah. 
I've had my friends for so much longer. Well, but think about how many people that you like. I'm still your your core friends. Yes. But even like some of my best friends from high school, like, mm-hmm. yes, when I go home for Christmas, when I see him, we can pick it up. But we're not talking every day. Like, mm-hmm. you I know, still talk to my two like friend, my two best friends since I was eight. Yeah. At least once a week. Yeah, I mean, I think, look, there's plenty of examples I think we can all give. But like, think about like people that you loved, that you hung out with a lot in college that like, yeah, you might not even recognize them if they walked up on the street because you haven't thought about them in sure. years. There's sure. so many. So that's where like I think that statistic becomes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, I like you went to camp and had a best friend too. for a week and yeah. then <laughs> never spoke to him again. So. Right. Bean Dad, The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if... no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safty, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. 
Okay, let's move on. This is a really long one, but I'm going to attempt to read it. Um, this comes from Anonymous. She wants to be kept anonymous. And it honestly is really hard for It's a hard one. Um, and so I think that we all want to be as sensitive as possible because this is a real relationship question. She says, long story short, I've been in a long-term relationship for nearly eight years. My weight has always fluctuated, but when my partner joined the military a few years ago, I decided to work on myself while he was away, and I lost a heap of weight. I looked amazing and felt amazing. When we then moved for his job and life in the new city wasn't the same for available workouts, and my job was stressful. Then COVID happened, and consequently, I gained all of the weight back and then some. Anyway, on Sunday, my partner and I were celebrating Valentine's Day early. He seemed distant and not wanting to be intimate with me for a few weeks, and we finally talked about it. He announced that he doesn't find me as attractive as he did when I lost the weight, and that's why we're not having great sex, or we're not having sex right now. I'm aware that I've gained weight and I feel pretty crappy about it, but to have him realize or bring it up broke my heart. I know I need to lose weight and I want to, but I don't know how to recover from it honestly. On the one hand, I'm glad we can be so honest with each other, but now I'm kind of going through these stages of grief. I also feel kind of, I don't know, violated or used almost about the times we have had sex recently because I question if he was really enjoying it or not. He's currently trying to get help with AA, and I've said I'll try and lose weight, but I've told him we both that we need to both do these things for ourselves. Anyway, it's a heavy subject. Excuse the pun. <laughs> I'm just confused and upset and would love some outside advice. I should have added that it all started because he had our said our sex life had become boring, and then when he when I dug a little deeper, he said it was more because he didn't find me attractive. I think that she just wanted some outside advice on, you know, and, and this is sort of like where we say, okay, we're not experts, but this is like if, you know, you and I were talking and you were like, hey, I want feedback. Like right. what? So I feel like that's what she's asking from us. Did and she said that they're married or they're They're not married, but I think they've been together a, a bit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting. There's a couple things that I think are interesting. And one, I mean, the way he handled that just feels like such a dick move. Yeah. I just don't like it. So for that for that part of it, I just want to say that, that the way that he spoke to you and the way that he even said any of this stuff was just really selfish and like assholey, honestly. Yeah. Um, I also think it's interesting, the part about the AA, like this goes, this is the part where I was talking about like everyone has shit, right? And so... I do like that, that they could be honest with each other, but I think that maybe what I pick up from some of this is like some of his own discomfort and the changes he's having to face within himself. If I'm being really honest, I think this can happen a lot. Like I've been on a recovery journey myself for a long time. I don't do AA, but I do other stuff. And, um, when you take out medicators and you take out the things that we're so used to using to numb our feelings, uncomfortable shit comes up and you can be really restless. I had to apologize to you for something that happened this weekend because I, I didn't like, even realize she'd done. I know, but I knew <laughs> I was like, I was like having an ick day in myself and I didn't have any medicators and that came out for me and just being snappy or I felt like I was snappy. You said you didn't even realize it, yeah. but, but I felt like I was snappy and so I felt like I owed you an amends and um, that's sort of what I read in this. And I don't know if I'm just like putting it too much into that because I relate to that, but I just feel like, um, what he said has more to do with him than her. If right. I'm being really honest. Yeah. Something, something that I took away and it, this isn't necessarily in response to what you said, but the fact that she lost weight when he wasn't there. Mm, that's interesting. Um, you know, I think 
um, carrying weight is often not about the fact that we like food. It's mm-hmm. about that that is the medicator is mm-hmm. food. And the fact that she's holding weight when he's around and then he's telling her that she doesn't fi- he doesn't find her attractive, mm-hmm. I think is you almost points to the root of the problem, you know, like, and um, maybe they're, it's not a good match. Like, it sounds like it's just a really unhealthy match. Well, it could be that, or it could be, I mean, if she's but, mentioning that he's an AA, maybe it's like, go check out an Anon type meeting. Like there's Al-Anon, there's all these yeah. things. And like, look at, like, I love what you're bringing up about, you know, the weight issue and sometimes being a protector or a shield or anything like what is going on behind that um, could be something really worthwhile to look into with the therapist or in one of these programs because maybe there's more to it and an emotional connection there that would be a really good thing to dive into for the relationship in general or your relationship with yourself. Like it ultimately, but I do want to say that guy was a dick for saying that uh-huh. and you deserve more than that. Absolutely. So not to say that you have to break up with him, but like, fuck that. Mm-mm. Yeah. And I look, I, I'm a person that struggles with my weight too. And it's like, I know, um, it can be a cage that you live in. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I just love the idea that she like lost all that weight when she was by herself and like was feeling herself. And, and now if you're in a you're back in an unhealthy cycle and you've gained weight back like suddenly you feel like you're not going to be able to find someone else because you don't feel attractive mm-hmm. and the person that you're with is telling you that you're not attractive and it just even though it's a shitty situation you're more comfortable in that because you still have somebody. Yeah. And I think that like you got to dig deep and be like is this what I really want mm-hmm. or can I be happier alone? Yeah. You know. I like so. that. I hope that helped and hang in there. That sounds like a tough one. So, yeah, um, this is not necessarily a question, but I get so many messages still about that sober curious podcast we did. Mm-hmm. And I just am so glad that it's resonating with you guys at all. Let's keep this conversation going. Like I said, I have no judgment for people who drink or and I'm not sure I'm not going to ever not. I mean, not ever drink again. Um, but for now, it wasn't something that was serving me and I needed a reset and because of some of the other stuff that I'm going through with a breakup and just really kind of diving into some deeper inner work within myself, alcohol just was like, doesn't have a place right now. So, um, this message comes in from that podcast and she said, I've listened to this twice and I probably will again, I'm 27 and I'm hitting the same point with alcohol already. The part about it making other people more uncomfortable than it makes you is so true and being an empath as well. I just want everyone to be happy and having fun. So it's just tough to even go a week without alcohol since I started getting tired of it. And it literally has nothing to do with me actually wanting a drink. It's such a tough topic to understand. Wait, I don't understand. I just want everyone to be happy and having fun. So it's been tough. Oh, okay. It's been tough because of the people around yeah, her. Like the judgment that she's getting for not yeah. drinking. Yeah. I told you at the beach, like when we've been on vacation, it's been the hardest thing for me. And it's kind of that same vibe. Like it's just such a much more like there's no work. Everyone's kind of letting loose. Like you just want to like not have responsibility and have fun. And so it's been the hardest times for me not to drink being on vacation with you guys. Yeah. I mean, I think the more distance you put between drinking and not drinking mm-hmm. um and you know you're obviously in a different position because you weren't an alcoholic mm-hmm. um 
you weren't drinking because you had to. You were drinking because you were choosing to. Mm-hmm. Um, you might be able to say, like, you know what? I'm on vacation this weekend. Like, I want to just have some fun. And then it is about something very different than just drinking right. for the sake of drinking. Right. Um, but I, it's like, it's just so crazy to me. I've never been around someone that isn't drinking being like and thought like well you suck like right join me like because for me when I drink it's about me having fun Mm -hmm. it is interesting though a lot of people do I have noticed that and I I talked about that on the podcast we did that it's like when some people are people are having fun or they're in that vibe if you're not on the same level I think it makes them notice or they're just kind of like get on the level right and and it's just like i'm here and i'm having a blast but yeah like i'm not shit faced so i'm not dancing around maybe as much but i love to dance too so i'll do that sober but um it is interesting and i just think that the more we talk about it the more it gets normalized and it just takes away the stigma of like you're at a party so you have to drink like why do we do that to each other that's not fair it's just conditioning It is conditioning and advertising. The other thing I noticed in this message was she mentioned being an empath. And I've actually had a lot of people message me um, for anyone who's like a highly sensitive person, which I am, or an empath where you absorb other people's emotions, which I am that as well. Um, They talk about alcohol as being very low vibrationally. And so coffee and alcohol, which I'm like, oh, I can't quit coffee too. Uh, Good God. I'm not a psychopath. (laughs) Um, But it's just like those kind of things, if you're such a feeler or such a sensitive, like you absorb people's emotions can actually be really bad for you. And they actually disconnect you from the higher good of those kind of qualities. And so maybe alcohol just isn't right for people like us, you know, like, I don't know. Try weed. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Or don't try anything. Or don't, like, yeah, or just be. Just be and have water. It's just like I just think for some of us that we don't need that extra stimulation um, as human beings. So, okay, let's see. This one comes from Holly. Happy Sunday! I just had to tell you Friday's podcast. You're like my therapy to help center center. Ooh, our word chip to help center me. If I'm feeling doubts, insecure, et cetera, about the end of my relationship, I'm 52 separated and almost divorced after 20 plus years. I'm feeling all those feelings. One being, will I ever find someone I can truly trust and be myself with and love again? I'm literally sitting in the Kroger parking lot, typing this and crying my eyes out. I am by no means ready or even thinking about dating yet as I have had so much, I have so much work to do, but you saying you will find love again gives me hope and to stop worrying about that or what I don't know or can't control. I've said it before, but I will say it again. Thank you for what you're doing and what, and that you respond. Oh, I think she's talking about on DMS. I always respond to you guys, by the way, that's like a mission of mine to always get back to people. You care. I don't know you, but, but having that response is very calming to go through this Hell, an emotional roller coaster of healing. Sorry, my reading was not very good on that one. Yeah, um, phonics worked for Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's referencing a podcast we did, and I a, a couple weeks ago it was part of the love thing, and I said something about it was in the da- sex and dating or dating and relationship questions, and I said, you know, one of the really overwhelming things for me going through a breakup is always like I'm just going to be alone forever. That's one of the narratives that I get stuck on in my head or the loops, and um. It's so like it's so funny because I'll say it to my friends and they literally look at me like I'm an alien. Like, there's no chance you're gonna be alone forever. 
And because I have gone through bad breakups before, I believe that now. Like right. I can get stuck on the narrative in my head and know it's just a story. This is like a fear-based thing. And I don't need to, to keep saying that to myself or operating from that place because as heartbroken as I may be right now, eventually I will heal and eventually I'll be willing to give my heart away again to someone and um, you'll love again. And that's just the reality of life. That's how life goes. And he will too. And that that's been another thing I've gotten stuck on that's hurt. But um, I hope that I can get to a place where I want that for my ex and um, you know, that you can just know that each person is going to find love again and hopefully find something that's more compatible and and healthier and suitable for their life. Yeah, and I also think for the time being, like, um, even the the prospect of being alone for the rest of your life should be brighter than being in a really fucking shitty relationship. Yeah, for anybody. Yeah, I mean, so it's like, I think being alone isn't necessarily fucking terrible. Right. You know? Right. Um, And so it's like, you had, like... That narrative just in and of itself is dangerous. Totally. Um, because there are people that like are choosing to be single and mm-hmm. have great lives. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, you know, it's, it's a, it's a silly narrative, I think, but it was something that we all get stuck on. You know you what know? I think it is like, cause you're, you're very comfortable with it right now because you've been single yeah. for a minute. And I know there's been times in my life where I've been single for years and I'm like, what are you so afraid of? <laughs> right. Like being single is awesome. I get to do whatever I want all the time. Um, for me, it's been an adjustment and you've seen me, it's taken months for me to kind of find my flow again, being by myself. And also like I was living with a man and two children. And so it's quiet at my house. And that was something that really took a while and still some days hits, you know, I just miss them and I miss the constant conversation or the chaos (laughs) or the noise. Yeah. You just do. Cause already you're grieving the people, but like, then you're just sitting here and like, solitude which is good on some way oh my god i love the quiet yeah i do too now i'm getting more used to it but it's taken me a minute to adjust and i think that's the case when you've been in a long-term relationship it's just adjusting to be on your own again but like also make that fun like find the things that you want to do like watch the shows you want to watch like i'm I'm back to watching real housewives i haven't watched it in years (laughs) um you know but it's just stuff like that like you can do whatever you want to do so find the power in that versus letting yourself just sit in sadness Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step, and you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. This last one comes from I can't, oh Savannah. Hey Kelly, I'm a huge fan of your podcast and you in general, especially when I got to know you on Very Cavalry. I am. What was that? <laughs> what you? Never I, heard of it. <laughs> I admire you as someone who is. <laughs> this is like shots fired. Oh God! <laughs> Quote unquote older, still chasing your dreams and being single. <laughs> Thanks. I think I don't even know how to take it. <laughs> I'm only 28. <laughs> Uh, but all of my friends right now are pregnant and it's in my face. I wake up to a thousand bump pics on Snapchat or Instagram. My countertop is covered in baby shower invitations and selfishly I'm sad because my relationships with these friends are now changing and I'm lonelier than ever. I know you stay busy through work, but have you done, what have you done during times like these to stay positive? Oof, I feel this one. Do you have, do you ever feel this or remember going through a season like this? Not specifically. Really? Yeah. I wonder if it's different for girls. Yeah. Um, it's because it's the pressure and it's the same thing, especially when you're in the South at that, especially at that age, like late twenties, early thirties, people are like getting married and you're, so you're constantly either a bridesmaid going to all these showers, you're pouring money into these people. Or grandma's asking. Or grandma's asking at Thanksgiving. Um, and then everyone gets pregnant. So it was, yeah. first of all, they got married and then you're still the single one. And then they have babies and life just does change when they have kids. And yes, I've gone through that season. Um, to stay positive, it was sort of like what I'm saying about finding ways to enjoy being on my own again now. Um, it's just like the fact that you do, you're not tied to anything. Like they're going to be stuck at their house with the baby. You get to go visit the baby and have fun with the baby. And then when they you need to change the diaper, you leave right. and you get to go do fun things. I think it is important to have single friends. And so 
really trying to, you know, mix and mingle with maybe some other people, you know, or meeting new people through work or Friends at work. Yeah. I was going to say other thing. Yeah. Other people who have similar lifestyles so that you have oh, stuff to do. She She's 28. She's a baby. Look, Trust me, when mm-hmm. you are 37 years old, you're going to sign on to Facebook and you're going to look at those friends from high school and you're going to be like, look how old they look. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> because it, that shit ages you too. So, yeah, it's true. Um, you know, no, no, no shade to my friends who are married in mm-hmm. my age. Um, but yeah, no, I think that like, look, there's a, there's a lot of life still ahead of you at that age. Totally. And um, there's a lot of benefits to being able to do whatever the fuck you want. I think it's just more about embracing where you are and not putting the pressure on you. Like everyone's life happens on a different schedule. And this is something I've gotten stuck on for so many years of like, well, why not? Why haven't I gotten married yet? Or why, you know, now I might not be able to have kids. And so like, oh, why did it work out for me that way? And the truth is, it's just like my life worked out the way it's supposed to. Yeah, you've got a great life. Yeah, it's not punishment for something I did or didn't do. It's just like, look at all the shit I have gotten to do or um, experience or trips I've gone on, work events that I've gotten to be a part of. Um, Even being on this TV show, I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have done it if I had a family probably, you know, and obviously that was probably a weird example because some of it went south, but it was still a really interesting experience. And like I learned a ton. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just think it's really about making your life what you want and really accepting like it's okay not to be in a relationship. It doesn't make you defective. It's okay not to have kids yet. Like you're 28. You have plenty of time. Just go have fun. Like enjoy your life. I think that's the best thing. I said that was the last one, but we have a one more. It looks long too. Well, it's about adult breastfeeding, so. (laughs) Great, my favorite subject. (laughs) She wrote, adult breastfeeding, what? I am so stunned by this. I breastfed all three of my kids for a year and a half each. They were all premature births. I was so done. At some point, you want your body back. Weaning them was so hard. I'm kind of jealous that Chip's sister weaned itself. With sister's child, not sister, sorry. (laughs) I literally had to leave town without my child to keep them off of me. Oh, my God. I used to hear that some women had orgasms as they breastfed, which we mentioned during the Mm -hmm. podcast. I don't get that. It was so not a sexual thing for me. And trust me when I tell you I need nipple stimulation for a good orgasm. But stimulation and suckling is not the same feeling. I was not breastfed as a baby. When I was nursing, there was a full gushing feeling. Nothing sensual about it. I was a food source. My husband never suckled my breast nor tasted it. Is it just me or do you hate the word suckled? Suckle. I hate it. My breasts were off limits to him during these nursing years. But hey, no judgment to each their own. Just not for me. I found this message interesting because I had questions. Remember, I was like, I don't understand. I feel like if it was a baby on my boob, it wouldn't feel sexual to me. And she answered that. She said the part about I was full gushing feelings like that would be that makes sense to me. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I can't. I can't. Maybe, maybe the orgasms either. like are cases where it's like someone's breast is so hypersensitive that yeah. like to the touch. Yeah. You know, because everyone's totally got different sensations. Sure. So. It's still just a fascinating topic. If you guys didn't listen to that podcast, that was the topic Chip brought to me that I was like, uh, do what? What? And our Thank goal you, on yeah, our goal on Velvet's Edge is to just have conversations that sometimes are hard and uncomfortable. Um, 
and I don't know that we're going to try to normalize adult breastfeeding, but it was something that was an interesting thing. It sounds like it's more normalized than we thought it was. I think it is. It was more just bring awareness. I'm not really sure what we're bringing to the people on that topic, (laughs) but it was just, it's a pop culture thing happening in many parts of the world that, yeah, very, very interesting. So anyway, I hope we guys, we answered you guys questions this week and this month and the month of love was really fun. I thought I loved our guests. I can't believe it's almost March. Well, February is a short month. Yeah. March, there's five weeks in. I felt it was, there's like five Wednesdays. I know I looked because I was planning out our next, um, podcast guest and all this stuff. I have some really fun guests coming to you guys next month. Next month is still March is still winter. And so we're talking a lot about you're still in this winter phase. There's a lot of things that go on during wintering of this deep dive. It's kind of an invitation to deep dive into your spirit, into your soul. And so we're going to cover a lot of those topics of people who have done that and they're on their different journeys of, um, how they deep dove and then what they learned and kind of what we're coming into with this spring, because spring feels like a new awakening. And so, um, I it's can't like wait. Within, it's within our reach too. It it's is. Like, it's right there. We, we've Thank got the God. winter hangover. I have it. I'm ready to be out. Yeah, but it's like 20 days or something until mm-hmm. the time changes. Really? I, I feel like I saw somebody. Okay, well that's exciting. It's we're within the 20 to 30 day range, which amazing. is amazing. Because yes. This sun going down early is the pits. It's the pits. So it's almost over. We're almost there. What is this last little deep dive that we're gonna do before we get to just kind of flying free in the spring. So a lot of fun guests coming to you guys. Um, thank you so much for sticking with us on this, this journey of love. I want to know what you guys think about this new format. I feel like the feedback I'm getting is really positive. So keep it coming. I mean, especially the positive messages, (laughs) but if you have some concerns or you, uh, have some other things you want us to address, please always email us at the edge at velvet's edge.com. You can hit me up on Instagram at velvet's edge chip, at Chip Dorsch, it's C H I P D O R S C H. And then when you guys are going into your weekend, <laughs> can I tell the story about the photo shoot though? Chip and I did do a photo shoot because we're going to be changing our um, profile pick. Is that what yeah. you call it? And on some on the podcast uh, platforms. And the guy was like, let's do a couple of videos, the photographer. And Chip was like, let's just do the ending. I fucking nailed it. Nailed it. How come I can't do that? I'm going to have to post this video for you guys, but I nailed the ending in one take. This was a one take wonder. Yeah, I was like, what? You were waiting for me it to had, mess like, up. It went by so fast that I didn't even how did know I do how it? to do it. I don't know. It's never going to happen again. Yeah. Obviously, one take wonder here. But let's try again. If you guys are going into your weekend, I mean, I hope that you know as you guys are going into your weekend. Keep living on the edge and always remember to act casual. (laughs) All right. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. 
This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.